the macro level goal is helping people live healthier lives. We can't achieve the macro without the micro, right? So the micro is really about selling these memberships, right? So sales matters because it's the engine that really runs the machine. You can't help people if there isn't a business to serve them. Hi there, welcome to the Business Side of Fitness podcast. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, I leverage my two decades of experience in the fitness and wellness industry to have meaningful conversations with the movers and shakers behind some of the most well-known and innovative brands in our industry. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Severiano, LLC. To find out more about working with me, click the link in the show notes. And now the time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story and it's time to hear from this week's guest. Surprise, surprise, everybody. Today, we're going to do something totally different. I'm going to be doing a solo episode instead of interviewing somebody. This is something that I've never done before, but I thought, hey, let's give it a try. We're going to be discussing today all things sales related in the fitness and wellness industry. After this episode, once you listen, I'd love for you to share any feedback. If you'd love to hear more of these solo episodes, or if you just prefer the interviews. Okay. So today we're really going to dive into the sales mindset for winners. So I think that a lot of us in the fitness and wellness industry had this mindset around sales that I'm really in the business of helping people. I want to help them live better lives. And so I'm not about sales or making a lot of money. I've heard this time and time again. I'm not in it for the money. Well, first of all, there's nothing wrong with making money while helping people. You can have it all. You don't have to have, you know, have one in exchange for the other. I think the perception of salespeople is they're dirty, they pressure people. It's like that used car salesman, right? I don't, you know. I don't want to do that to people. And so I feel like we tend to go to the opposite end of the uh, of the spectrum. But really being good at sales is really just about being good with people, reading them, knowing how to understand them, and ultimately helping them. So we really have to first of all, reframe our approach to sales. Sales is about giving. It's not about getting. I'm giving you a solution to your problem. I'm giving you a way to achieve your goals. If I wasn't helping you, you would not be able to achieve your goals. And really money is an exchange of value. Money flows from one person to another. So if I sell you something, for say a thousand dollars and I get, you know, a commission on that, or I get the thousand dollars, I'm not going to hold on to that money, right? I'm going to then take that money and go spend it, whether that's on a car payment or something for my kids or at a restaurant. So I think that when we look at money as just in a flow state, almost like water, it goes from one person to the next. It's not about hoarding or being dirty. I think that really helps us to just open up our minds. 
you know, I heard something once that you should attach yourself to a mission and a calling, not a company. And I think that really kind of helped me. Is your calling to sell memberships for X, Y, and Z company? Or is your calling really to help people live healthier lives? I think that's why most of us are in the fitness and wellness industry, right? We want to make an impact. We want to help people. So I would kind of break that down into macro and micro, right? The macro level goal is helping people live healthier lives. We can't achieve the macro without the micro, right? So the micro is really about selling these memberships, right? So sales matters because it's the engine that really runs the machine. You can't help people if there isn't a business to serve them. So I think that when we just kind of, you know, step outside of ourselves and our own, you know, egos and and mindset, and ego isn't always about, you know, um, thinking I'm so amazing and wonderful. Ego is also the fear mind, right? Thinking like, oh, I'm going to pressure people. What are they going to think of me? I'm going to, this whole thing is going to be uncomfortable. I think when we step outside of all of that and we look at this bigger picture, we become a lot more relaxed, right? At the end of the day, the most valuable people in any organization are people that are good at sales, right? And everything is sales. It's just about communication. So I think we think about sales as like the end, the exchange of the money, running the credit card, right? But the sales process starts way earlier than that, right? The sales process starts at the first interaction of the person coming across your brand or service. So I think another thing for us to just kind of frame our approach when we're thinking about, you know, I, I need to get involved in sales. I need to, you know, increase the amount of touch points that I have out there. It's just cultivating this positive mindset. I think that is so important. I think that a lot of times I've worked with so many different salespeople and they're just kind of in a rush, right? There's nothing wrong. I think now in today's world, we're so distracted, right? The pings and dings on the phone and on the on the emails, the constant notifications, your attention is everywhere. And I'm definitely guilty of that. I'm like, wait, I have to turn off. I literally have my computers on do not disturb 24 seven. My phone is on silent 24 seven. I do have an Apple watch, so it'll vibrate on my wrist if I get a notification, but I also have all notifications on all apps on silent. The only notifications that I get are text messages and phone calls. I also silence all group chats. I think that just being present is so important in cultivating a positive mindset and paying attention to just what you're doing. I think that's for sales or just life in general, right? I think just also in cultivating a positive sales mindset, we have to have a clear mind, right? And having a clear mind comes down to our habits, right? All of us in the fitness and wellness industry are trying to teach people positive habits, but a lot of us, the dirty little secret is that we don't necessarily have the best habits, right? We're on our feet, we're servicing people all day long, and we ourselves are not necessarily practicing what we preach. Some of the biggest party animals I've ever worked with, some of, you know, have been in inside of gyms, right? 
And so that's all good. There's a time and a place for, for everything and, and no judgments here. But I think that creating positive habits in ourselves, such as meditation, having a good morning routine, whatever that is, it doesn't mean like, hey, get up at 4 a.m. and start drinking hot water with lemon. That might work for some people. It might not work for others. But just find that positive habit that kind of centers you. And I think, you know, you have to center yourself before you take action because energy is contagious. And when you're in this frenetic, like crazed energy and you're trying to make sales and you're trying to interact with people, people read that energy and they don't want to do business with you, right? At the end of the day, people do business with people. I might be a representative of X, Y, and Z company, but people do business with me because they like me, they relate to me or whatever. At the end of the day, you know, the if Amazon is doing a partnership with Target, at the end of the day, the CEOs or the VPs of Amazon and Target are the ones that are putting this deal together, right? They're the ones that are framing the approach and somebody will go into business with somebody that they like, right? We're in the relationship business, especially in uh, the fitness and, and wellness industry. And so we really, instead of focusing on the closing ratios and, and your closing techniques and all of that, think about cultivating really positive relationships, right? How do you establish relationships? How do you invest in your relationships? Take the time don't be in such a rush. Instead of thinking, I have to get in front of 20 people today, get in front of five, but make those matter. Make people feel seen and heard. You know, the other day I was recording a club industry talk and I was saying that people are you know, online all the time right now, people have a bunch of followers. There's the comments and all this stuff, but they're not connecting with each other. You go to a restaurant and you look around and everybody's looking at their phone. People aren't even looking at each other or really creating those relationships anymore. That's gone down. So when you take the extra time with somebody, it really matters to them. And that's, I think, the foundation of great relationships, right? Pay attention to people. If you're doing sales in person and you have your phone with the notifications constantly ringing, that sends the person the message that like, oh, I'm not really a priority. This person has a lot going on. Another thing is if you're doing online sales, when you're you know doing it virtually through Zoom, as a lot of people aren't right now, the worst thing in the world is to have a million tabs open and be looking at different tabs when you're talking to somebody. I had that happen to me the other day and it bothered me so much. I was speaking to somebody and I could literally see his eyes moving all across the screen and opening different tabs. And I could tell that he was not paying attention to me. That made me, that turned me off. It made me not want to do business with the person. So just be cognizant of all these different little things because they really do matter. And your energy really sets the tone for the relationship. I think at the end of the day, we have to be real with people, right? So sales is about connecting with others and creating those relationships. 
a great way to do that is put yourself in the other person's shoes. What would you want to hear if you were, you know, somebody that needed life coaching? What would you want to hear if you were needing nutrition services or fitness services? Take the time to really understand what the person is looking for and most importantly, why they are looking for it. And then put your yourself in that person's shoes, right? Like, I think that when we have compassion for others' struggles or, you know, their insecurities, it really helps us to frame our approach on how we can best help them. And I think sometimes people think about, they talk about empathy. I like to talk about compassion as opposed to empathy because you don't need to take those emotions on yourself, right? You don't need to say like, okay, I'm going to feel the feelings that somebody has if they're, you know, 50 pounds overweight. You just need to empathize. You need to have compassion for that person and their, you know, state of being where, what, what they're, facing on a daily basis, basis, their challenges and try to think about how you can best serve that person and talk to them, right? You have to match and mirror personalities. Some people are like very aggressive and they're intense and they're rushing you. And so you've got to kind of like, okay, let me keep up with that. Then there are people that are kind of shy and timid and you don't want to come across as being aggressive and pushy with somebody that might be shy, timid, insecure, a variety of things. So it's really just about reading people and then kind of meeting them where they're at, not just um, not just with offerings, but also with the emotions, with the tonality, with the body language that you're giving off. All these things matter. Another thing to focus on in, in sales is, you know, be personal, but don't take anything personally. So when we talk about relationships, we want to get personal with somebody. We want to understand where they're coming from, what they're looking for and why. But if somebody says no, I think that for a lot of us in fitness and wellness, we take that so personally, right? We're giving it our all. We really care about helping people. We're putting ourselves out there. We know we have a great service. We know it's valuable. And then somebody says no, and we feel so defeated. But what I want to tell you today is that everything in life is about timing and opportunity. So remember, I was just saying, put yourself in the other person's shoes, right? You don't know what's going on. They might have big medical bills that they're paying off. They might have a big bonus commission check coming up that they're thinking about, you know, spending on your service. They might have, you know, a big expense with their kids. You have no idea. And don't take it personally. When somebody says no, it's not a no to you. It's just like not right now. So I would take it that way and just, you know, kind of try to stay positive. Don't take it so personally when somebody says no, like you have to remember because everything is about timing and opportunity. You have to just continue following up, touching base with somebody. You know, I like to say touching base instead of following up because I think people think of like following up as a negative connotation, whereas touching base is I'm just like checking in, wanting to reach out. So I know all these little shifts in words and phrases, it sounds like it doesn't matter, but it does because it all adds up, right? Certain people have 
negative connotations towards words like a contract, right? They feel like, oh my God, I'm in shackles. I'm locked into something forever. Whereas if you say an agreement, it sounds more friendly and more inviting because it looks like we've come to an agreement as to you know what's going to happen here. And so I would just implore you to be cognizant of your choice in words, your choice in tonality, your choice in body language, because all of these things matter. You know, why? Impression is perception. I had a, a manager that I worked for at Equinox, Elena Pezzo, shout out to Elena, tell me that time and time again. And it really stuck with me because, you know, what you say is only part of your sales presentation, right? How you say it and how you present yourself is the other part, right? So we have to not only, you know, have a great service and product, but we have to demonstrate the value through our communication. Communication is everything, right? So the things that affect an impression, right? The, you know, being presentable. So it's not just about us personally, it's our front desk staff. If it's at, you know, our, our wellness facility or studio or what have you, you, these people need to be presentable. You don't have to spend a million bucks to look like a million bucks. It's not about wearing designer stuff and all the stuff that social media places importance on, right? It's just about being presentable. And so it depends on what your particular brand is. I'm not telling anybody like what to wear or how to look, but it's just about looking the part. And it does matter. I don't care what anybody says. People are like, oh, CEOs wear sweatpants nowadays. Well, when I'm the Google, you know, the CEO of Google, I'll wear sweatpants. But until then, I'm going to look the part and be presentable, right? Your tonality. Again, like using a confident tone when you speak to somebody is so important. People don't realize that sometimes they're making a statement, but their voice inflects as if they're asking a question. And then people are not sure, are you asking me a question or you're making a statement? You know, you have to sound sure of yourself. I think if you want to be perceived as an authority in your field with which, you know, a lot of as do want to be perceived that way, your tonality needs to match that, right? 86% of U.S. adults taking virtual exercise classes plan to continue doing so as gyms reopen. That's a huge opportunity for anyone looking to launch or expand their virtual fitness offering. Our friends at Syncfloor offer a catalog of over 16,000 songs by the best independent commercial artists. It's great music that can be affordably licensed for both live and video on-demand fitness classes. Listeners of the Business Side of Fitness podcast get their first 30-minute class covered for free. Just go to fitness.syncfloor.com. Link in show notes. your body language, you know, how are you standing? How are you sitting? You know, even if you're on the phone, your body language, I feel like it still matters. I could never take a meeting during, you know, the lockdowns when people are were on Zoom and a lot of people didn't turn on their cameras. I could never take a meeting laying down in bed. Like I know that some people, you know, they, they feel like that's okay and it works for them and that's fine. But to me, it's like, 
my body language, that's like putting on my armor, right? My body language needs to match my mindset. So I feel like body language is so important, you know, standing up straight, looking somebody in the eye, right? That goes into facial expressions, right? I think sometimes we're so caught up in just like listing all the services, listing all the features and and the benefits that we forget to smile. We forget to look people in the eye and pause, see how it's being received. See if sometimes people tell you things with their eyes, right? If they don't understand things, they might just say, yes, yes, yes. But you can tell if somebody's grasping what you're saying, or if they're just glazing over and their eyes are just like (laughs) off into another place, like pay attention. Don't just go through your presentation of what you want to say without seeing how it's received. That is so important. You know, even if you're on the phone, smile when you're speaking to somebody. I know it sounds silly, but trust me, it works. Like your body language matches your facial expressions, matches your tonality. It all goes hand in hand. Another thing that I want to mention is the pace in which you speak. I was speaking to somebody yesterday who I heard him leave a message for somebody. And I was like, there is no way the person is going to understand what you just said. And listen, I'm just saying, I'm talking about all these things. I still have work to do. We all do. We're all a work in progress. So I'm not saying any of these things as a criticism, as if I have it all figured out because I do not. But obviously it's very easy to observe somebody's um, speed when you're sitting right next to them. So I told him like, listen, you need to slow down your pace. You know the product inside and out. You know what all these terms mean. You know the prices. The person on the other end has no idea who you are or what you're talking about. When you leave a phone number for somebody on a voicemail, you have to say it very slowly and repeat it twice. I know this sounds crazy, but I always say it's, you know, it's Vanessa from X, Y, and Z company. Please give me a call back at 305-401-0322. Again, it's Vanessa from X, Y, and Z company. And I repeat the phone number at that cadence. I know you might be rolling your eyes right now thinking, what is she talking about? But Trust me, all of these things matter. Another thing that matters is finding common ground with people. I think in the sales process, one of the most important things is disarming people. And when I say disarming people, people automatically are like, oh, see, you're trying to trick them. No, disarming somebody means just taking their guard down, but not in a way that makes them vulnerable, in a way that we all walk around our days with our walls up, right? It's like, say somebody calls you from a cell phone number that you don't recognize, you don't answer because you assume it's a telemarketer. Say somebody approaches you on the street, you're like, oh, what what does that person want? Are they going to ask me for money? Like, you know, like think about when somebody, you're passing somebody on the street and they say, hey, how are you? Or hi, good afternoon or good morning. You're almost like shocked you're automatically disarmed because that's not something you're expecting. I think in the sales process, people, nobody wants to feel sold. And that includes salespeople, right? I'm a salesperson. I don't like to feel sold. 
I want to feel connected with somebody. And I feel like the paperwork, the consequence, the running of the credit card is just like a consequence or a positive consequence of creating that relationship. And so it really starts with commonalities. So I would definitely implore anybody in fitness, wellness, or just life to really try, you know, when we talk about relationship building, it's finding common ground with somebody. That's how you establish rapport, right? So, and I used to do this when selling fitness memberships, right? This is a really quick little icebreaker, right? What is it that we have in common, right? Is it that, you know, I asked some questions. Is it that you're from New York? Oh, wow. I, I'm from New York too. Is it that you have kids? I'm a mom. I have 14 and 15 year old sons. Is it, you know, that you're Portuguese? Probably not, but I'm Portuguese, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, find that common ground with people. You know, I think that automatically puts you on the same level as the person. I think that sometimes when, you know, somebody's shopping around for something, they think like, oh, this is just like the sales girl at the gym, or this is just the trainer, or that's just the nutrition coach. But when you allow somebody to see you as just another human being, another person, not just a salesperson, not just somebody that's trying to get something from them, right? And you're just a person. I think that is so important, right? The best salespeople out there know how to quickly establish rapport, right? It's just finding that common ground. And, you know, rapport starts with asking the right questions and then listening to the answers. You know, funny story. So I was voted most talkative in middle school and high school. And so, you know, when I was, when it came time to search for a career, I graduated college, people are like, oh, you should, you know, go in sales. You like to talk a lot. And I thought that too. I'm like, yeah, I do like to talk a lot. That's a good thing. Well, I'm 42 now. And as I get older, I'm constantly learning, right? The learning process never stops. And I realized that actually liking to talk and being a, a chatty Kathy is not the the mark of a great salesperson because actually the best salespeople are listeners. And sometimes I have to do this myself. I have to remind myself, like I'm so excited to jump into the conversation that I have to remind myself, like don't cut people off, let them finish speaking and don't, and really listen to what they're saying. Don't just think about the next thing that you're going to say, right? I've done this before and I am still working on this as a work in progress, right? But I think that, you know, you should be asking great questions and listening to the answers because really people tell you everything that you need to know when you go to ask for the sale or overcome the objection. If you're asking the right questions, you're getting all of that information and like that, you know, that process. And I just want to like hit home again that, you know, those of us in fitness and wellness, we're in the service business. So we are in the business of serving others and sales is a part of serving. You cannot serve somebody if you do not have them in your wheelhouse for, for business, right? Some other just like 
easy ways to build rapport and to, to start conversations to kind of, you know, some icebreakers, I think that form, you know, family, occupation, recreation, motivation, those are always great places to start. So family, where did you grow up as an easy conversation starter? Do you have kids or, you know, like, I mean, just kind of, but natural in the conversation, not like an interrogation, you know, like being natural again, just be real, just be a real person, lead with your humanity, not thinking about, I need to sell this person a membership. I need to sell this person a 20 pack of sessions or whatever. It's just like, take the time to get to know the person and connect with them. Right. Tell me about your business, right? How did you get started in that line of work? Like, get curious. I think that's one thing that's always helped me is just a genuine curiosity about people, enjoying learning about others, right? What, you know, what do you like to do outside of work for fun? What are your goals? Why are they important to you, right? I think those are all really good touch points. I think. Another thing that's really helpful in the sales process is really getting clear on your points of differentiation. What makes your service or product different from anyone else's? Not in terms of competition of like thinking about, you know, I think sometimes we're like, oh, this person, you know, works out at this place or this person uses this service and how am I so much better? No, it's just like get really clear about your points of differentiation, your value prop, because every business and service has a unique value proposition and you do yourself a disservice when you don't hit home on those things, right? Drill down on those things time and time and time again in your sales communication, in your marketing communication, because that's really what makes you different, right? And a good way to kind of frame that approach is just, you know, take a piece of paper, write down the five reasons your you know, gym, studio, brand is special. Like what are the things that you do really, really well, right? Who are your top five competitors, right? Five reasons to work with you and your brand and your product and service. You know, what are the five objections you most commonly hear? You know, what are those things that you kind of need to overcome be aware, I think being objective, like what are the five things that you and your brand might be struggling with? Like things that are really not necessarily your strong suit or your biggest asset right now. And then five things that, again, that your brand does really well. Like what are those things that really make you stand out? Like just keep going to those things, right? Like I think sometimes people get so like, caught up in the price and, you know, what's the promotion this month and what's the special offer and what are they currently paying versus what I'm asking them to pay? Don't get caught up in any of that. Again, money is just an exchange of value. Just, I would be willing to pay more for something and I have for a better service, for a deeper relationship, for a better connection, right? People want what's familiar. They they want something that like it like feels like home. It's like cheers, right? Where everybody knows your name. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that show. <laughs> but um, you know, people want to go where they feel comfortable. And when you make somebody feel comfortable, when you make them feel seen and heard, you make them feel valuable. 
trust me, like the logistics of the price and the paperwork and running the credit card is just like, that's just paperwork. Literally, it is just paperwork. The person is sold based on the connection and the relationship. I'm going to share right now some resources that I think are really good just with framing people's mindsets. These are books. I'm a total bookworm, a nerd, a geek. I love learning and reading. If you are like me, I'm going to share some resources. The Go-Giver, it's a book by Bob Berg. I think this is a really good book. It was given to me by Eric Malzone many years ago. And I think that you know, it's a, it's told by a story. It's not just like a straight up business book. And it's a really good way to just kind of frame your approach in sales, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. I read this every single year because there's so much information that, you know, information is, you know, something that you you, you get this, you're like, oh, that's such a good idea. I love that. I love that approach. And then you forget it if you're not practicing it every single day. So I think refreshing, myself on, on these principles really helps me. I'm not saying you have to do it too, but you know, that's just what I do. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is a great book. Really recommend that one. The Way of the Wolf by Jordan Belfort. He's kind of intense, <laughs> but I really, you know, I think there, there are some good takeaways. I don't necessarily agree with everything, but it's definitely a really interesting book. Crushing It by Gary V. Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. He was an FBI negotiator. Great one. You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. That's pretty light, easy to read, quick. Atomic Habits by James Clear. One thing that I do every single day is I am always learning and trying to get information and keep myself motivated, right? I think that when I talked about earlier about you're cultivating a positive mindset. This is like a practice that I do every single day. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers, but I'm constantly working on maintaining a positive mindset. And I notice that when I don't work at it, it does not just come naturally. It's a choice, right? When I don't work at it, it I, I can fall, find myself slipping into negativity, into being less productive and, and, I also want to share that I do this in a variety of ways. A lot of times I listen to books via Audible. I'm just, I love to read, but sometimes I fall asleep if I'm reading at night. So when I'm in the car, instead of just listening to music, I listen to books. When I'm dropping off my kids at school, if I go for a walk around the neighborhood, I listen. And sometimes it's other podcasts, whatever it is that you know, gets you motivated, find what works for you and just keep going back to that. And so that's the end of the episode. I thank you if you got this far. I hope this was helpful. I would love to hear from you as to if you found this valuable, if you'd like to hear more solo episodes and, and thank you so much for being here and for supporting me. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If it brought you value, please subscribe, review, and share the Business Side of Fitness podcast. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.